John Batchelor is always on the case, always following what's going on in California with the chaos and all over the United States and around the globe. I was on a show again this weekend. I hope you enjoy it. This is Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor welcoming Congressman Devin Nunes, who is podcaster Devin Nunes, who is author Devin Nunes of Countdown to Socialism, to comment upon the tragedy in front of us in Kabul, in Afghanistan, these last days. Congressman, you've consumed the news as we all have in this retreat from Afghanistan. The planes are leaving even as we speak. The military is withdrawing its security limits even as we speak. The estimate by the commentators in London is that thousands will be left who deserved an opportunity to leave the country because the Taliban is vengeful. I don't know what the number is for the U.S., but that in London, they're, they're heartbroken about this because they could not get their people out, the people they wanted to bring out. You've witnessed this, and Congress is returning after the Labor Day holiday. What do you make of how the Biden administration has presented their withdrawing from Afghanistan? Well, it's nothing short of an unmitigated disaster, and I think you're seeing that now play out. But what it really goes to is the, the core idea that Obama, back in the day, uh, and, the, and the far left, all thought that if we didn't use the term radical Islamic terrorist, uh, that the Taliban and others would play nice and we could work out some coalition government. So for years now, John, they've been, trying, they've been having backroom secret talks with the Taliban, um, the Trump administration uh, continued part of that and, of course, set a conditions-based withdrawal, uh, which you know, I think most of us knew that have watched this over the last 20 years, knew that the Taliban would never meet it. Uh, but the one thing was, was certain was that we would hold at least one major base in the region, uh, and that would be, that would be the uh, Bagram uh, Air Base. And, of course, that was let go a couple months ago. That left a lot of us scratching our head because it was such a fortified base. We had invested billions of dollars into it. And, you know, whether or not you're going to leave Afghanistan and not involved in nation building, whether Kabul falls, whether or not they can, they can form a unity govern, government is irrelevant to the fact that after 20 years, thousands of Americans killed a trillion dollars. A lot of us believe that, hey, that's a strategic location for us. We've made the investment. That base is ours. Right, similar to Guantanamo, similar to uh, Okinawa. Uh, it's just a key location. Why? Not just because of the counterterrorism capability, knowing that al-Qaeda continues to grow, even though Biden completely ignores that, uh, but also you've got ISIS, which is an offshoot of al-Qaeda. Uh, so you've got the counter, the very real counterterrorism issues, which Bagram allowed us to uh, get out and venture out to there, but also – it would allow us a presence to support any resistance fighters, which right now we are seeing uh, some of the old the Northern Alliance folks. You know, they, they have repelled uh, the Taliban. I know you talked to Tom Jocelyn and Bill Rajo. I'll leave that to them. They're, they are the experts. Um, I believe it's the Panjir Valley. They were able to turn back the, the Taliban. So, you know, having that air base there would allow us, uh, you know, over the future to, to use counterterrorism and to, you know, then to, to support any opposition movement to, you know, maybe save a few innocent people from being massacred, which, you know, the massacring has already begun. The bloodletting has already been done. It's being covered up by the fake news. Uh, I know this because I'm receiving pictures and videos uh, from sources that we have on the ground there. There's a, there's a major massacre going on that's, that's, that I think
think over time will eventually come out. Uh, but let me talk about the the reason why, the, the larger reason why we would keep Bagram. Uh, and that is because of our number one ne- nemesis uh, that's really trying to, for global domination, is China. And at that point where Bagram is, it gave us a great access point uh, throughout that entire region because without that base, we're a little bit flying blind in the region. We have to go a long way before we can we can get anywhere. So the long-term real strategic planners at the Department of Defense would never, never uh, – throughout the course of military history, give that location up. In fact, anybody that has ever played a game of risk, you know, you wouldn't, the old board game, you wouldn't give that lo- that location up. It's just, it makes just such common sense when you, knowing that your foes uh, in the region, not just that Pakistan has is a nuclear armed force and they've never been helpful in the terrorism issues. And of course, with China, it's trying for global domination. Why on earth would you give up a major facility like that especially after all the blood, sweat, and tears that we have. So, you know, I'm convinced. I knew the people in the Trump administration. They always wanted to keep it. Any military personnel or intelligence people you've talked have always said, why would we ever give that up in the long run, even if you're not going to be involved in nation building, which, by the way, I fully support. I think the Afghanis had plenty of time to try for nation building. We wasted way too much money on that. And quite frankly, our State Department and Defense Department just aren't built anymore to, uh, to, to be able to nation build. So the fact that, uh, that, that Bagram's now uh, closed, uh, when that happened, John, I think a lot of us believed that, well, they must be down to just a few hundred people, some special forces guys, and they must have a plan to build an air bridge to quickly be able to get in uh, and get our people out of the embassy uh, when, when, the, when the Taliban come, because it was obvious the Taliban were going to take over Kabul. No, everybody knew that. I mean, you, you – just common sense. You were watching them go through the whole country like wildfire. So, you know, in fact, I said it on national television just four weeks ago uh, that we're, we're going to have a tough time keeping uh, control of our embassy. So knowing, you know, if, if we got it's, – it's dangerous uh, and I don't think would follow typical Department of Defense protocol and State Department protocol, uh, but, you know, you could probably leave a few hundred people. Uh, there uh, with some locals and be able to get in quickly at the Taliban approach and get them out. None of us, John, after they, after they closed Bagram, none of us thought that there would be tens of thousands of people still on the ground. It's absolute madness. There's no excuse for it. And this is why you're seeing so many people uh, who are now blaming Biden directly uh, because he's just telling so many lies. I mean, he lies about Al Qaeda not growing. That's a lie. Uh, I think he's also lying about that, oh, he just listened to uh, what the military told him to do. Uh, look, I've never heard a military person tell me anything other than Bagram in the long run is, a, is of strategic value. What we're beginning to learn now, uh, and there's more to come on this, uh, and, I'll, and I'll just close with this, is the word is is that from the National Security Council, from the White House, what they did is they, they said that they were going to have a limit of the number of troops that could be at Bagram. And that forced the military commanders to say, well, and the, the, the number right now they're saying is 600. Well, with 600, we can't secure Bagram. That's not enough to secure the facility. So it basically forced the hand of the military. So Biden and the socialists are having it both ways where they say, well, it wasn't our decision. Well, it was your decision if, in fact, you put the limit of 600. And that remains to be investigated. If that's true, if they really did that, uh, I think there will be – 
huge ramifications in the long run after we've conducted uh, the studies and the investigations into how such a piss-poor decision was made uh, that ultimately uh, has killed over a dozen of our soldiers and Marines. And we're going to be lucky if we don't lose more, not to mention all the uh, the other uh, innocents that have been uh, murdered here. And your observation, Congressman, this is not over. This will get worse. Is that is that a fair way to put it? I think it's – look, we're in the waning hours here. Uh, anything, anything can happen. But, look, the reality is going to be there's going to be – uh, many Americans, uh, many Westerners left there, or at least people that hold a green, co- green card and passports. Um, there's going to be, I mean, we're already seeing the videos and, and, and photos that are coming out of people being massacred. Um, so that's, there's going to be an absolute massacre. I think the only, the only window of hope, the only light is, is, you know, can there be an opposition movement yeah. in the Panjir Valley? But that's going to take, you know, time uh, for that to, that to de- develop. And of course, you know that's going to take the the United States also, uh, you know, deciding what side they're going to be on. And right now, you've got the Biden administration who is giving every indication that they're going to give money to the Taliban and recognize the Taliban. And that's going to become a huge fight uh, in the Congress because I think the Republicans are saying, no, 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 we're going to support the people that have been with us. And what you have is the former vice president, who, unlike President Karzai. Uh, who left and fled Afghanistan, who, he, you know, he was kind of a total disaster. But you have the vice president uh, who has a long track record there, uh, his group that seems like you know, he has not fled. They repelled the, the Taliban. That could be the only, uh, the only kind of ray of light uh, that there would be uh, to, to get remaining and, Americans and, out and versus you meant, you know, you going meant, and taking over a base. You meant President Ghani, Karza, if the previous president. Uh, I'm sorry, Ghani, Ghani, yes, Ghani yes, yes, yes. Who is yet to be heard from. He's in... The last time I saw, he was in the UAE. Congressman Devin Nunes is also podcaster Devin Nunes, is also author Devin Nunes, most recently of Countdown to Socialism. The fog of war continues on Kabul. Much to learn from Congress when it returns and when it begins asking questions. This is Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor.